Filmmaking covers a variety of genres, and during the 1990s, one in particular saw a resurgence, the big-budget disaster flick. It's coming! It's headed right for us! It's already here. For two science-obsessed kids growing up on opposite sides of Pennsylvania, nothing left a bigger impression than Twister. The suck zone. I think we're going in! Join Kelly and Joe as they dissect the second highest grossing film of 1996. Debris, Dusty, we have debris! Minute by minute. Another cow. Actually, I think that was the same one. And relive one of their favorite movies of all time. No, that, that was a good sized twister. What was that, an F3? Solid F2. Tornado warning continues now. concept man Ooh, the extreme man it came from his brain i had a hand in it <laughs> wow it is great what is it it's an instrument pack for studying tornadoes first one in history it's very exciting scientists have been studying tornadoes forever but still nobody knows how a tornado works we have no idea what is going on inside because nobody's ever been able to take scientific measurements from inside the funnel that's what she's going to do. How? We put her up inside a tornado. She opens and releases hundreds of these sensors that measure all parts of the tornado simultaneously. You see, Melissa, it's like this. These sensors go up the funnel and radio back information about the internal structure. Wind velocities, flow asymmetries. We could learn more in 30 seconds than I have in the past 30 years. Get a profile of a tornado for the first time. And what will that do? All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Solid F2 Podcast. Minute by minute breakdown of the movie Twister. And what you just listened to was minute number 15. So I'm here with my wife, Kelly. Hello. And we're going to talk about what we just heard or saw. In our case. I don't know. Maybe you're watching along with us. That'd be cool. <laughs> One minute at a time. One minute at a time. Are you regretting this yet? Uh, Maybe. Do you, did you unmute me this time? I did unmute you this okay. time. I did remember I'm to do that. Yeah. Making sure. Yeah. So no, you're, you're, you're making a Ooh. statement in the past with yeah. whether or not you take me off mute for this. Um, but no, I'm not regretting it. We're just um, getting to the good parts. Right, yeah, we're still, still in the first, what, like, start to get first to the eighth of the movie. <laughs> right. Um, do we want to mention the big news we read today? Well, yeah, I wasn't sure when we wanted to do that, if you wanted to do it before or after our discussion of uh, the, the minute. Uh, let's hop right into it. I think it's a big deal. All right, yeah, no, it absolutely is a big deal. So there are murmurs, rumors of a potential Murmur. new Twister-inspired movie. It does not, it's not clear whether or not it's going to be a sequel, a reboot, something in a parallel, you know, a parallel structure in the same universe, if it's not related at all. I mean, it's got to be related in some way or they wouldn't have, you know, kind of. Well, the article the headline lead. did not say 
brand new unrelated Twister movie, you know, being discussed, it said, is Twister the next thing to be rebooted? They indicated that it would be at least living in the same world. Right. If not a remake of the movie. Now, it's still in the talks to pick a director. They're talking to screenwriters. Nothing has been finalized in any way, shape, or form. But it's kind of exciting because I do love that movie. And since we've run out of new creative ideas. Well, we ran out of new creative ideas about 30 years ago. Well, that's not true. Twister came out in 1996. (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean. 24 years ago. It's sequels and reboots and and things in the same cinematic universe has been all the rage for the better part of 25, if not 35 years. So So I'm uh, in general, I'm pretty excited about this because even if it's not a remake, because I don't Twister was so great, you don't need to remake it. There's no way to look at it and say, I can make this better. It's fantastic on its own. But I love a good severe weather movie. So bring it on. Show me what you can do. It's not going to replace it, but I'm sure I'll be a fan. Right. So this was posted by Justin Kroll and it is on Variety and they are a very good source. This isn't just some person out there saying, oh, I heard that this could be happening. No, this is this is essentially uh, confirmed that it's in the works. There's obviously not confirmation that it's Twister 2, um, Twist Harder or Oh my God, whatever. no. Don't ever say that again. I don't, don't like it. <laughs> or just trying to come up with cheesy sequel titles. I would love to see Twister 2, but in that case, you have to have Helen Hunt involved. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of the other chasers. And obviously, we know two of the main characters have right. sort of actors have since passed away. Uh, unfortunate. Maybe we get something where, you know, obviously Bill's character has passed away, but Bill and Joe got back together and had, had, a, a, had a kid and they named her Dorothy. And now she's. No, that would be a terrible. <laughs> no, this is why you're not the screenwriter. Well, exactly. I'm just trying to throw out things that just sound ridiculous, but like, you, you know, some executive Twister somewhere. Twister 2, Twist Harder, starring <laughs> Bill and Joe Hardy's no, daughter, Hardy. Dorothy Harding. Harding. Oh, I, my cousin's name is Hardy. Hardy yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that would be terrible. This is why you don't get paid to write things, nor do I, but I'm excited for whatever they come up with. Obviously, it's going to be a while. These things don't happen quickly. Right. But, um, um, so they're in negotiations with Joseph Kaczynski, who currently is, uh, was, well, I guess, is the director of Top Gun Maverick, which comes out, I believe, later this year. Mm-hmm. I think it was supposed to have already come out, or, or it's around the release date as it was originally intended. But obviously, with the, the COVID-19 pandemic, that has really put a throw a wrench into the release schedule for movies. So Top Gun Maverick is not out yet, but it should be out in the next site. I would think next five months or so. I'm not sure the exact release date for it. But Frank Marshall, who is a huge Hollywood producer, and he's done a ton of films, definitely anyone listening to this has seen a movie that Frank Marshall has produced. It's not even debatable. And one that I would have seen. <sighs> that Frank Marshall? Frank Marshall was involved with Indiana Jones. Okay. I'm pretty sure. His wife is Kathleen Kennedy, and she was involved. I thought that was a joint thing. And maybe I'm wrong on that. But I know you've seen Frank Marshall movies because he's he's produced a ton, a ton of famous movies. You talk a big talk, so I needed facts. Well, I was was thinking it was Indiana Jones, and now I'm like, well, that was his wife. Maybe that wasn't him. But... Oh, yes. His, his Let's give the a, husband credit for that the wife did. I, I thought they did it together, but maybe it was just her. I don't know. Great. But, Super. Um... I can name more Kathleen Kennedy movies than I can Frank Marshall, but I know Frank Marshall is a very big Hollywood producer. So there. 
Well, then maybe we should start calling him Kathleen Kennedy's husband. But actually, people have done that, so. Good. <laughs> um, now, this says, th- this calls it a reboot. I, I think they're playing a little fast and loose with that term. I don't think anything has been decided. Like you said, there's no writer or anything. I mean, did they try turning it off and turning it on again? <laughs> Is that what happened? I don't think you need to turn it off. It I says don't... plot details are vague. Well, if it's not written, I would think that it's pretty vague. <laughs> By vague, they mean non-existent. Non-existent. Um, so Universal getting hopping aboard the uh, the reboot the train. reboot train, or maybe it'll be as I saw someone mention in one of the uh, Facebook groups I'm in. It'll be a uh, dark weather movie universe, and this will be the official kickoff of the dark movie weather universe. It's a joke, obviously, right? Not a real thing. Yeah. But I would if you had a choice, and it was. Twister 2, a sequel to the original, you know, 25 plus years later, or a reboot in the vein of the original, which would you prefer? I guess a sequel. I don't think... You'd like to see Helen Hunt come back with a few of the researchers and... Well, those are my only two choices. Well, what else would it be? Like, why can't they just make a whole new tornado movie that's... Okay, okay, well, okay. It's just, it's not really related to twister then if it's not a reboot well, that could be a twister a, a continuation or like a a spin-off in in some capacity but like maybe maybe what i mean is a spin-off because i don't necessarily think i love helen hunt but she's getting up there in years in order to like run around chasing a tornado i don't know that i, I guess would consider I would like to see a contemporary that. version of Twister that is its own thing and has allusions to the original. Yeah, like yeah. it's based on like researchers from Muskegee State University. Who and would you want to see star in that? I see. I think I honestly, before this news broke, I was planning on taking a break from our minute episodes and doing a minute on if there was a new movie coming out, what would you want to see? So I don't know that I want to do that right now. Why do you plan things for our podcast without me? Like, I didn't know you. I, I told you that at the beginning of this. You just don't. You choose not to listen to anything that I say. Mm, I blocked that out. You did. Yes. I'd like to. So you're going to you answer out. my question about who you'd like to see in it? Just no. at least give me a little hint. Honestly, I I feel as though I want to see actors that haven't been in a ton of mainstream uh, pictures or television shows. I want more under the radar and up and coming uh, actors, not necessarily in their first film, but ones that are, are unknowns. I, I like seeing breakthrough performances because too often I feel at least as I'm older and I've been watching movies as an adult, it's, it's I love certain actors, but sometimes I can only see them in one role. So it takes a little bit away when you see him doing something else. So I wouldn't mind seeing ones that I haven't seen them in too many uh, too many shows or films to date. So I don't know that anyone jumps off uh, uh, off the page at me of someone in my mind. I, I, they're going to have to have someone in some kind of role. Whether I mean, maybe it's just Helen Hunt coming back at, in like a small cameo, kind of like Jeff Goldblum has done in oh, the Jurassic Jeff Goldblum world. would be fantastic in a new Twister. Well, I think he would. It's a no, don't say it. Don't say it. I need a divorce if you say that it's not. It's not okay. I I can't. He's well, a treasure. How about he's the new director of NSSL? That's fine. I didn't say he needed to be a main character. I'm just saying he would be a fantastic. Can you can you imagine like his snarky comments on 
Oh, I love the what the map is doing over here. The radar. Um, it it yeah, would be it. fun to have someone like that in a in a small cameo. Jeff Goldblum, Samuel L. Jackson. They are the two scientists that they're in contact with. Okay, no, you're, now you're way out there. Tom Hanks okay. is... Tom Hanks okay. is the friendly investor who's put up the money for the new research project. So John Hammond? Yes. <laughs> but instead of dinosaurs, he really Ham likes... Ham <laughs> He really likes what... No, stop talking. Um, listen, Grandma I will daughter. watch anything with Tom Hanks in it. Well, I was... So. When you said Tom Hanks, I was like, okay, if there was someone who I could... Like, that I would not care they were in it like big name it would be tom hanks tom obviously hanks would be the he's guy. the he's the best human on earth and he could be a lead i'm saying like i'd be cool with someone of the stature of jeff goldblum like a, kind of this cult guy being in a small cameo like he's a rival researcher but not like the lead guy you know he's not the new jonas he's in the background or something or i think he would be make a cool like Wait, who say again I don't want him as the new Jonas. But who? who, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I'm saying I think he would be cool as like the director of NSSL or, or, you know, if they do this Storm Prediction Center or whatever they would incorporate. Well, I think you need someone, I I don't want to sound ageist, but a little younger for the role of the scientist because generally those are postdocs. Or graduate students. You're talking about like the storm chasers. Yeah, the, the storm on the chasers. Ground. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Just to make it believable, it's usually not 60 year old. No, no. Men, yeah, because how know. old do you think Bill Paxton was here and Bill Paxton and, and Helen Hunt? I think they're supposed to be like 30, 35. Uh, I was going to say 35 to 38. So yeah, we're, we're close in there. I was going to say mid to late 30s would, would be my, uh, my guess. Yeah, I mean, you're not seeing grandma's. Even really active, fit grandmas out there doing that. I mean, and I guess they could run their own lab. They could be the scientists in charge of a lab. But I think the people doing the groundwork are generally grad students, postdocs, that sort of thing. And so just to make it, in my mind, believable, you'd want someone younger. What about like Jennifer Lawrence? Do you think someone like that? Or is that too big of a name? That might be too big of a name. I I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know that there's anyone you could throw at me that I'm like, absolutely no. But I, I just... But that guy you like from Star Wars so much. Which one? The 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 guy, the pilot guy. Oh, Oscar Isaac? Yeah. Oh, he'd be cool. That would be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um I'm trying to think Maybe of Maybe they could make Carrie Fisher levitate. <laughs> okay, let's not this is not a Last Jedi podcast, believe me. Let's not go there. But it would be interesting to see some of the uh some of the side or minor characters from Star Wars. No, Oscar Isaac wasn't exactly a side character in, in the sequel trilogy. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan. I think it would be uh, that would be fun to have, have him in there. But I've only seen him in Star Wars. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. I don't know that that would break. You know, that wouldn't be a glass shadow moment for me. I think he would be cool to have in there as a as a researcher. What, well, I, what about you? What about a female lead? What You mentioned Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, you, I can see her... In that sort of role. Um, I don't want it to be like over sexy sort of like. No, I don't. You know, like they're supposed to be scientists. It's not supposed to be like. You're saying scientists aren't sexy? Well, look at me. Am I? (laughs) No, but I, I think that. 
I don't know. I guess I'll have to think about it. If we, do an, if we do an episode on I that, I think we I'll should do our own episode where each of us, not necessarily, we don't have to come up with like, you know, a script like or like plot points. Just, you know, basically take five or six of the main roles and be like, this would be similar to Bill. This would be similar to Joe. This would be similar to Dusty. This would be similar to Melissa. Or if you're not going to do a love thing at all. You know, just come up with like five or six people that you'd I like to see, see. Is her name Diane? I wanted to say Kruger, but now that I say that out loud, I'm not sure. From National Treasure? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's... I could see her in a role like that. She's yeah, because a well known in... but not overly. No, I agree. In I your agree. Face. She was also in Troy. She was Helen of Troy in Troy. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen that all the way through, but okay. I believe you. Yeah, that was the first thing I saw her in, and then she was in National Treasure, National Treasure Two. I could definitely see her in the. In the Helen Hunt, lead uh, scientist Joe, kind of role, yeah, Joe yeah. role, absolutely. I think that's a really good one. So is Nicholas Cage Bill Paxton? Oh, <laughs> Nicholas Cage can't even breathe on this movie. Oh no, no he, he can't. Should, no. What if he is the tornado? No, and that brings me to a good point. What I don't want to see happen if they do reboot this, spin off this, whatever they end up doing it, I don't want it to fall into the trap of the disaster movie. Where, where it's too outlandish. It's too outlandish. The, impractical. It, impractical. The tornado becomes bigger than life. I don't want it to be this you triple, want it to be triple super storm that day, day after tomorrow or geostorm. Right. Like I just want it to be realistic because honestly, real life with these storms is scary enough. Right. You don't have you don't to need make to hype them, it up or, or right. It oversell it. It doesn't have to be like forty tornadoes are heading for us right now. Like. No, one F four is gonna fuck us up. Like, let's focus on that. Now I gotta put the explicit tag on it. You can edit that out. I don't edit. Well, then, yeah, you gotta put the explicit <laughs> tag on it. But listen, you know what I mean. Like these disaster movies tend to lean towards being overly dramatic. Right. They they think they have to grab the general audience with outlandish. Whether that is it even possible? Yeah, and I don't want to hear the words "climate change is making these storms more powerful." Like, stop! Like, that's still being researched. Let's not throw like politics into it. No, I, I Let's yeah. Just make well, it a good movie. This about is modern Hollywood. So I'm not sure you're able to do that. I know, but like, I'm that always worries me when they touch something that I have loved for a long time. Oh, no, I, that they're gonna do it dirty. I've you seen know? it happen. With multiple franchises. Yeah. So Now, I have always loved Jurassic Park. You know that. Jurassic World got a little... I mean, with the second one, Jurassic World, whatever. Fallen they, Kingdom. There was a volcano on top of everything else. But I still loved it. It was but, fine. But I feel like you were already on that outlandish plane because dinosaurs existed. So there was sort of a free right. license the, to the take a little bit further. The original, though, was just like, you believe that first one. You right. You believe it. But like... You're already on the world of like, we're not in reality right now, so let's throw a volcano in there. For a good tornado movie, you can keep your feet grounded in reality and still show like really awesome visuals, make it really scary, you know, put people in danger on the on the screen, and you can still get a really good dramatic action flick out of it. It doesn't have to be yeah overdone. I don't know how it works in the Hollywood in the industry on if certain companies have in-house, I mean, I'm sure they do have in-house special effects and visual effects components. I don't know the status of Universal's 
But if Universal can work with uh, Industrial Light and Magic, I don't know if that's contractually possible. What Lucasfilm has been doing with their new technology for The Mandalorian would be an incredible windfall to use for a Twister reboot sequel. It's called The Volume, and it's basically virtual reality for the directors and it's complete immersion for the actors. I think they could do incredible. You've watched half of the Mandalorian with me. Meh. Yeah. You're one of, you're the one out of 10 that, that hasn't, wasn't captivated uh, I'm by unique. It. You're special. That's Listen, for sure. baby Yoda's cute. I can get on board with him, but very few of those locations. Did they actually shoot at that location? And, most people were stunned to find that out because it looks like they went to, you know, Tunisia or Jordan for some of those um, big, big set pieces. Yeah. It's not. It's all digital. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, now they did It doesn't do make me like life, it anymore, but it's interesting. But it's inside a new technology where the – it's basically green screen, but it's live. And the computer is rendering it as the characters move. So the cameras are following it as it would move as if you were at a place filming it. And you can't tell. Like, I thought they went to these places and filmed. And uh, it's the one I can specifically envision that I know that they filmed inside the volume is the beginning of the second episode where he's just walking through um, kind of the canyon with the child and they get attacked by those three creatures. That was not filmed in a canyon. That was filmed inside this recreation. And I think using that in a weather movie would turn out very, very well. You'd need big fans. You would you need big fans and a lot of water. So I don't know if that <laughs> would work well. But I think it has a lot of potential. And Star Wars is using it. And I would love to see other places use it. Who played but... the guy in The Mandalorian? Who played The Mandalorian? Yeah. Uh, so it's played by three people. The main guy, when he takes off this helmet, is Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah. I get him and Oscar Isaac. No, Pedro, confused. is that who you were talking about, Pedro Pascal? No, I was talking, talking about, about Oscar Isaac because he played Poe, right? Yeah, is it Poe? Oscar was Poe and Pedro is Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. Yeah. But it was actually played by Bruce Wayne's grandson is one of these stunt actors. And then there's another stunt actor. Like one of them does the hand to hand. And the, one of the other ones does a lot of the um, athletic activity. Um, I cannot remember that actor's name though, but the three of them did it together. What about for the dusty type person? Okay. I'm here for it. The guy that does the voice of Bob and Bob burgers, that actor, <laughs> but bringing him I, to the live screen. He does the Arby's commercials. He does the Arby's commercials. <laughs> we know what he looks like. I guess my only problem with that is that we already kind of established that we didn't think the older age groups would be too involved in the chase anymore. I can and maybe this is like Bob. maybe this is completely out there. I mean, we're going by stuff we see on social media and television, and thinking about when we were in college doing this. Maybe there are much more. Um, well, the Josh. He was just on. Uh, yeah, on the um, the show the yeah. girls like. The yeah, the National Geographic uh, science show. Yeah, what's that called? Josh, what was his name? Worman. Yes. Josh Worman. Yeah. He's he's right. Not old, but he's no, he's 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 not a grad older student. than yeah, he's, he's older not than thirty five. Right, he's right. older than us. So you I guess get, you could throw that in there. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'm not. I guess I'm being a little too judgy. Yeah, I don't agey. think. I think you can kind of. 
See, the thing is, if it's a well-written character, some of those characteristics don't don't matter. Um, obviously, you go a certain direction, you have to find a certain age group or whatever demographic you're you're talking about. Like the daughter of Bill and Joe can't be older than Joe. Right. There, there are some restrictions there. Use your imagination. So, I mean, I, we touched on it a lot, but let's save the rest of it for a kind of an interlude discussion after we get about half an hour into the movie. We'll do an episode where we dive into our casting for a Twister reboot, Twister sequel, whatever it ends up being. Because we need to talk about minute 15. Oh, do we? Yeah, we do. So let's uh, do Sorry that. for promoting discussion on a podcast. Well, I, I, it's birth of fresh air because it's usually all me here. So, so we're starting back at the beginning, at the start of the 14th minute to minute 15, the 15th minute, as it were. And we're with Dorothy. Melissa walks over with Dusty. And we hear him call Bill the Extreme for the first time. No, he, they've talked about the Extreme earlier. Oh, did they? Yeah, they definitely did. I've forggotten it's been weeks of watching one minute of tornadoes. Right. First one in history. It's very exciting. Scientists have been studying tornadoes forever, but still nobody knows how a tornado works. We have no idea what is going on inside because nobody's ever... I think my favorite part of this minute is Melissa's, like, she's into it. She's going to do but she's confused. But she has no idea what's going on. Well, she's driving the exposition at this point. I like how Bill almost gets smacked by his own invention. And releases hundreds Science. of these sensors that measure all parts. And now this is my favorite face here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It just looks like a blinky these plastic ball. My favorite sticker. I love that sticker. About the internal structure. I don't know many people that have a favorite sticker. Your favorite sticker from Twister. And what will that do? If we knew how a tornado really worked, we could design an advanced warning system. Aren't there already tornadoes? We're, already, we're, we're past it. Okay, so my favorite part of this minute. Did that? Did it just happen? Should I bring it well, back? Well, no, it's, it is this minute. It is. Oh, this minute. It's, it's not my favorite minute of the movie. I don't mean to say that, but like this moment just makes me smile because in a movie, in any story, you need to know the why, the who, the where, the what, is it, the how. They all are answered in this minute. And Melissa drives it by asking, "What? Why? Well, how? Well, where?" Like, so she's not only. It's, it's like, like the writers got a little clumsy with their exposition at this point. They're like, "Just have Melissa, and they'll explain it to her, and then we'll all know what's happening." But it worked fine. It does work fine. I just think it's funny. It made me smile. She's a point of emphasis because she's the the needle, the thorn between the two main characters, and then she's also the person that. Well, she doesn't know anything about this, so anytime we need to tell the audience, we'll just have her. We'll just tell Melissa, and the audience will just know. We put her up inside a tornado. She opens. Um. And releases hundreds. And if we remember from last time, they're basing this on a real experiment that yeah. they tried to do called Toto. Toto. It didn't actually work because the packs were had a high center of gravity, and so the wind, when the wind blew, they they tended over. to tip over and spill their sensors. Um, and so we hear Bill talk a little bit about what they're trying to learn, and it's basically what the structure of a tornado looks like. And tornadoes are not as simple as they sound. They are not just one rotating column. You can have um, single vortex twisters. You can have multiple vortices twisters. Um, you can have all kinds of weird, unique things happening in there. And the reason they want this data is so that they can try to model behavior and to predict better 
when a tornado will form. And that's something I think that is, they still struggle with today, the science of they can Oh yeah. They can certainly see when the conditions are right, but they can't predict the exact location that a tornado is going to pop down. And if they could, they could save lives. Um, but now, warning has gotten much better. Oh, yes, and absolutely. if you're cognizant of your surroundings and you know there's a storm in the area and you have a smartphone or access to television, you can get warning of, I think they probably can do it as far as 10 or 15 minutes in advance now. I think so. I think they can narrow the path down. Right, they can and you maybe see more... that if you watch any of the Weather Channel or Weather, you know, AccuWeather updates on your local weather station, you'll see they do it in cones now because they can tell based on trajectory and the science behind it what the path would be if. Usually, it's off of a Doppler indication, and it's not off of a spotter. Right. They're saying this is ripe conditions. Um, the right. rotation is present based on um, the Doppler radar. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it in terms of scale, it's a lot easier to predict really big, large scale motions in the atmosphere. We can predict the overall circulation of, if you go out to the biggest scale, we can predict that warm air rises at the equator, it sinks in the poles, air tends to move north to south, then you throw in the Coriolis effect and we get west to east and the northern hemisphere. And so you get these large-scale predictable motions. We can break it down into slightly larger scale or slightly smaller scales like a hurricane, and that's still difficult for us to predict where that's going to go, and that's large-scale. Um, these small mesoscale systems and then the microscale is very difficult to predict because you're getting into um, data that is too fine of a resolution for a model to really pick up. If you think about where the data comes from that they that they run these weather models off of, it comes from soundings and weather stations that are at that are spaced out throughout the entire United States on a fairly coarse resolution. We don't have weather balloons sent up every mile across the entire United States, so we're not getting that super high-resolution initial input data that goes into these models. And so it is really difficult to predict down to a kilometer where like something like a storm or a supercell or a vortice that becomes a tornado is going to pop up. And so the whole point of these research projects is to get that better data to predict and save lives. And hopefully the science will continue to move forward and we can eventually get there. But because of how intricate and delicate the situations are and all of the different variables that are in the, in the, in the atmosphere and surrounding, uh, it's tough. It's really tough to do. Yeah. Um, Weathermen don't get enough respect. No. Then they, they try to do. generally have people like my, college roommate just sending me texts about how you get paid to be wrong 75% of the time. I'd like to see what people do if we just stopped predicting the weather altogether. What would happen then? But not only you don't get the weather channel on your local weather updates, you don't get your weather apps, you don't get any weather data. Nope, it's gone. Figure it out yourself. Right. All right. So we're pushing 30 minutes now because of our tangential discussion about the potential reboot. So we're going to wrap this up here. Not a ton going on in this minute. 
we get to see more of Dorothy, which we talked about before. And like Kelly said, with a lot of exposition via Melissa's conversation with Bill and Joe about Dorothy. So that is everything here for Minute 15. We'll be back momentarily with Minute 16. Thanks for listening to the Solid F2 Podcast, a minute-by-minute breakdown of the movie Twister. That's all for this week. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Solid F2 Pod. Solid F2 Podcast is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. Visit jmnjrradio.com for more.